Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Brain, the podcast where we bring the cloud down to earth by talking with some of the top minds in the industry. I'm Alex Sage. And I'm Alistair Hodge. We work as consultants for Cloudsoft, helping customers get the most out of the cloud. Our guests today are Alec Hodgson, Head of Digital, and Brick Jimink, Digital Product Manager, both at Edinburgh Airport. Now, we know the aviation industry has been badly affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, but that technology has enabled the travel industry to respond in ways that wouldn't have been possible even five years ago. So we're delighted to welcome Alec and Barrett to the podcast to talk about how cloud had helped them withstand turbulent times. Hello, welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Brain. Hello. Hi. Let's kick off by letting you introduce yourselves to our listeners. Hello, I'm uh, Barrett and I'm the Digital Product Manager at Edinburgh Airport. Um, My role is really to be the liaison between the digital team and and the rest of the business um, to find out what people need in terms of technology solutions, etc. I own the roadmap and then I work with our in-house development team to deliver all those projects. Prior to joining Edinburgh Airport, I basically worked in in product-focused roles across various sectors. Um, I started out in broadcasting, um, back in the day working for the commercial arm of the BBC in the early days of iPlayer and things like that. Um, And before coming to Edinburgh a couple of years ago, I was at Google as a product specialist on their advertising products. Hi, and I'm Alec Hodgson. I'm head of digital uh, at Edinburgh Airport. all of digital sits under me, and quite strangely, the car parking at the airport also sits under me for my sins. This might seem a bit strange, but I'm sure we can touch that later. Um, my background is working, always worked in various parts of digital around the web. Um, worked at Yahoo, worked in the gaming industry, um, and, and also did work at Gatwick Airport, went elsewhere, and then got sort of dragged back into the airport sector again. So, Excellent. So technology is obviously a really important thing in an airport but can you give us a flavor of the types of systems that you run yeah so i mean uh, um, uh, airports are driven by uh, so many forms of technology um so when you walk in the door um you know you'll you'll go to check-in that's one system you'll go through the e-gates as you go into security um then actually within the hall and getting you processed through and on top of that all sorts of other pieces of technology from the website through to the app and through to the various booking services. So it's a real mixture of, of kind of bits of legacy technology, um, parts which are ultra secure, like obviously the so kind of security hall, um, and then stuff that's kind of a bit more conventional. So it's, um, it's quite an interesting mix of kind of the new and the kind of quite advanced and then stuff which is perhaps a bit more, um, a bit more sensitive and a bit more kind of locked down. Yeah, having been through Edinburgh Airport and flown from there several times, it always amazes me how quickly we can get through security since the airport's been rearranged. <laughs> but it does make me think that it only takes those e-gates how many minutes of downtime before the queue is right out the door. So yeah, lots of people pass through the airport every day. Uh, I promise I will try and avoid puns to do with clouds and aeroplanes. <laughs> but So what's been the history of, of digital and cloud at Edinburgh Airport, Alec? So I joined the airport um, almost 10 years ago, so kind of a, a bit of an old timer now. Um, actually founding the team, um, kind of quite amusing. I got together with a, a chap who's in the, the comms team, our, now our senior software engineer, Gary. Um, and you know we were approached by our chief commercial officer. He was interested in um, introducing a bit more innovation, uh, technology, a different type of thinking within the commercial team. 
Um, so we went and we grabbed a meeting room, um, spare meeting room, grabbed a table from next door. We stuck a sign on the door saying digital team uh, and we got an email address, digital at edinburghairport.com. And that was kind of the the founding of the team. So um, at that point, I guess our journey has been from being a bit kind of um, a bit controversial and just going and doing stuff like that through to being kind of a core part of the uh, the, the airport team. Yeah, and I think I think today our remit is really to kind of grow revenue and improve passenger experience through deploying, you know, digital solutions. Um, we've got a commercial focus, but you know, we try to operate on a on a, on a quite a wide um, scale and, and help where we can. So our portfolio is made up of a lot of little apps that are used in and around the airport by various teams. But uh, strategically, we really try to focus on developing our two main channels, which is the website and um, our, our e-commerce platform where we sell things like parking and lounges and things like that. Yeah, and I think when, when it comes to the, the cloud journey, um, again, like many companies, there's, there was perhaps a degree of sort of skepticism about how far an airport that has, has sensitive data that is a, a sort of, you know, a, a critical asset, it's a travel asset, it's, it's targeted by lots of different groups around, you know, the green side or the political side um, around, you know, how, how far can you get that out into the cloud? Um, and also back when we, were, when we kind of founded the team, uh, how, you know, how easy is it to do uh, cloud? Um, certainly a kind of criticism we had a, a little bit um, internally was, you know, this cloud stuff's really difficult. It's impossible to configure. You know, you'll, you'll go away and you'll find it really, really tough. But I think there's a whole, there's a whole sort of generation of, of, of software engineers and developers and IT people who are now, they now just think cloud first. So I think that's now kind of gone. And I think the airport as a whole is now very much uh, kind of, through that journey and is now very, very pro kind of pro getting everything we can into the cloud. That's good to hear. A lot of topics there are that we'll come back to. But before we do, I'll just ask, uh, what's been the impact on of COVID on digital projects? So obviously it's hit traveler numbers a lot, but what about the actual uh, digital projects that you do? Yeah, I think I think we as a team, we try to be you know, agile and uh, respond to what the business needed. And and when COVID hit, you know, there was there was uh, ample opportunity and need to you know react um, and and help the business. A couple of a couple of things that we did um, pretty much immediately was um, we developed a, a COVID cases dashboard, which could show you know how many cases there are in the various destination destinations that Edinburgh Airport fly to. We pulled the uh, data from WHO side and, and published that as part of our fly safe campaign. Um, and that really aims to, you know, just provide as much information to our, our passengers as possible so they can make informed decisions about their travel plans um, in these uncertain times. Um, we also, one thing that we, we developed a, 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 a long time ago is um, an app to collect passenger feedback that was deployed in iPod, iPads in terminal. Um, obviously, as soon as COVID hit, you know, touching shared devices was definitely not done anymore. So we we made some upgrades to make sure that that works with QR codes. Um, and I suppose the, the biggest thing we did um, was relaunching our, our our website. That had been a project that we'd been spending a lot of time on pre-COVID, um, but uh, as you know, that gauntlet came down, and we all 
percent off on furlough. We took the decision initially not to to, to proceed with the launch, but as as COVID continued, uh, we felt it was the right thing to do to to go with that anyway, um, because a, a key part of it was a brand new CRM system in the back end that would enable, you know, the very scarce communication team resources, etc., that were still working to just make sure that um, they can be self-sufficient and keeping everyone up to date by. Uh, quickly updating the website with the ever-changing guidelines and things like that. Um, so, yeah, there are a number of things that that we did specifically because of COVID. Um, I think in general, uh, pre-lockdown, the airport was a massively fast-changing environment. You know, lots of projects happening, lots of requests. People always had ideas. Um, and, you know, that's that's great. It was a very sort of creative um, a creative environment to work in. But with when COVID hit, um, the business focus shifted obviously completely. And for a long time, parts of the business were a complete hibernation. And we were just running on, you know, sort of keeping operations ticking over and nothing much else. Um, and even though we as a digital team were also all at least part furloughed for, for, for quite a while, um, we did have time in between to kind of start picking up other projects and in a way you know having a lot less business as usual happening um you know that kind of enabled us to, to to find the time to really crack on with a couple of projects that we we've been wanting to do for for a long time and uh yeah the key output is that is really that we've revamped our our, our e-commerce platform which traditionally was just for booking parking and we spend a couple of months rebuilding that and and um, that's now, uh, yeah, a, a broader platform where we can sell other products and services as well. Um, so that was was an opportunity for the team, you know, in these strange, crazy times. Um, but uh, a platform like that will also be a major asset, you know, as we go through recovery, um, where e-commerce and you know, things like that are just ever more important. Oh, that's fantastic! Uh, so much, that's so much beautiful. tech. So- <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I just uh, yeah accidentally stepped in there. <laughs> That's all right. Do you want to do you want to add some color? I was going to say, um, from my point of view, I've been really proud of of what the team have done, and I think it's a real mark of a, a, both a, a, us as a business and the team to what you do in a crisis when things get tough. Um, you know, we've we've become more efficient. I think we've gone through our diaries and we stripped out stuff that just isn't contributing. Um, and you know our, our productivity has has got up, even though we're working remotely, and we've had some people on on furlough, as Barrett has said. Um, we've delivered probably as much as we've ever delivered within a an eighteen month period, um, and stuff that will really put us in a good place when when we come out of um, out of COVID. That's a fantastic a fantastic testament to using good tech well, and it's also interesting to hear you talk about your your cloud first mindset and, and your technology mindset. Do you think you know within the UK kind of aviation airport community is is Edinburgh leading the way? Is it blazing a trail? Are you guys unique in your cloud savviness? Do you think? I think um, I think all airports in the UK have um, over the last certainly five years come around to. The benefits of cloud and the the need to um, to, to migrate stuff over, um, and that's across the board across all teams and, and areas of of these businesses. Um, I think we're we're fairly unique in having an in-house uh, digital team um, and an in-house um, software engineering team, um, where you know we we can make the best use of what is available in the cloud. 
Um, and I think the really fascinating thing is that we, you know, whilst we work on the really obvious stuff, so, you know, the most obvious thing you'd say a digital team might do is website and apps. Um, we also do, um, as Barrett was saying earlier, we also do uh, services for all sorts of parts of the business, whether it's in the security hall or people renting cars or the efficiency of the, the busing operation. Um, I think we're, we are unique when it comes to the, the range of services that we have, have built. Um, I think we have a really good um, a really good attitude in that we're not we're not trying to build everything within our team. We're not trying to you know convert everything um, from existing platforms, but we're using we're using the services that are now available, whether it's um, cloud hosting or payment providers, or we're even starting to look at um, artificial intelligence um, for for doing a lot of manual tasks, but not building those ourselves. We're stitching those together, adding the value um, where we see fit. But only where we see fit, really. We're not we're not kind of um, mad people that go off and want to build everything by by no means. So, yep, uh, certainly not the not invented here syndrome, which we see all too exactly. often with some customers. Um, so, there must be a challenge here when you're working towards developing these things uh, and this cultural change going on within the airports. Uh, can you tell us more about the sort of collaboration between different teams, for example, between dev and ops and security? How do you all work together? I think, um, I think again, if we go back to the, the sort of the history and the journey, um, we, were, we were founded on the commercial side of the business. Um, and, and to a certain extent, the, um, the, the, the chap who, who kind of encouraged us, our, our uh, chief commercial officer, John, he wanted a bit of tension. He wanted there it to feel like there was innovation going on over here and a bit of a challenge to the existing business on the other side. So I think, you know, and that, that's quite often the case with new new teams in a business. They step on other people's toes a little bit, or at least they're perceived to. And I think for us, as we've developed, we've learned how to operate with other teams. And we've uh, we've certainly come to appreciate what, what they bring to the business. Um, so, you know, we like to be agile, for example. But you wouldn't want to be agile with, say, a, a runway replacement project or, a, you know, looking at our technology and our, our security hall. Not, not from a, a pure, you know, technology point of view. You wouldn't go in and change it one day, um, you know, on, on a whim and see what happens. Um, um, yes, but as, as time has gone on, um, I think we've come to a good um, working relationship. And I think a number of principles have, have helped that. Um, so firstly, we, we won't compromise on security. Um, so everything that we do is is pen tested, um, and it's built to a a high degree of of quality. Um, yeah, in terms of uh, uh, when it, you know when it comes to delivering our our solutions, um, we do closely collaborate with the IT team, for instance, because um, generally, you know, in and around the airport, there's loads of different people in different roles. Not everyone is very tech-savvy, so often they come to us with a problem, um, and they don't necessarily know whether there's a solution out there or is it, uh, you know, some custom uh, development that will be required. Um, so we, we, we set up a process together with IT um, where we Together, we review all these incoming requests um, so that we can scope them out and decide on, you know, what's the best solution, sort of buy an off-the-shelf solution if that exists, or is it something that we have to develop in-house? Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's sometimes the case that people think that 
building in house is you know is the go to option because it's you know in their eyes the, the cheapest solution because um, we don't have to go out and buy something right we can use internal resource um, that's a you know that's just a perception that we have to still overcome a little bit. Um, because obviously, you know, when you are developing stuff, there's uh, uh, ongoing maintenance um, and, uh, and things like that, which ultimately add up. And, and our developers are um, a very scarce resource, I have to say. Um, so, uh, yeah, and we, we, we don't want to reinvent the wheel, as, as Alec was saying as well earlier. Um, you know, we, we, we use solutions out there that... The, 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 the cloud providers that, that can help us um, that we can build on basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It really resonates, you know, this this um, building things in-house is where we as technologists, we always want to use the shiny toys to build shiny things and, and be creative. But, you know, you have you have to factor in the total cost of, of, of ownership of that stack. It's not just the cost of building it, it's the opportunity cost of not building something else or not, not doing some other valuable job for the business. And then it's all the ongoing maintenance and feature enhancements and, and all that. Absolutely right. Well, I want to pick up on one thing you said just a moment ago, and that is your attitude is never to compromise on security. And we understand the security concerns of the aviation industry, it's, it's natural. But we do still hear from customers who perceive security or the lack of security as being an impediment to their cloud adoption, a barrier to adopting cloud. Um, do, do you think that perception is accurate or, or is, is there some education that we need to do around security of cloud platforms, et cetera? I think, um, I think that perception used to be accurate. Um, I certainly have heard it, but I, I, that was probably five years ago. And I think there's a natural almost the feeling of, you know, we had our our babies, our servers on site, and we we knew those, we built them, and we put them in a secure room, and that must be um, secure. Um, but I, I think now that, that's really shifted, and I don't hear that across um, the, our business or the industry. I think, I think the barriers are less that perception of security, um, because I think most people now, they now get the fact that, you know, when, when we move something into the cloud, um, that's that fundamentally sits behind um, that cloud provider's um, layers and layers of security, and, and those are the guys that are best at doing that kind of configuration. Um, you know, that said, obviously you have to you have to look at your own implementation, but fundamentally, there's there's that level of of security. Um, I think what we what we still see is we still see um, you know old kind of legacy technology where it's more challenging. Uh, to get it into the cloud, but increasingly we're seeing solutions come up, and you know we talk to our cloud provider all the time, and and look at different parts of our business, um, you know, as to as to how we do get things into the cloud, you know, and run them virtually. So, I think part of of kind of um, building that trust within the business, um, you know, also comes down to um, when we build something using those cloud services that we have a number of best practices in terms of, you know, making sure that what we build is secure and that there's good code quality, limiting bugs, things like that. Um, so, uh, you know, using Secrets Manager and using SSO where possible. Um, we do code reviews. So every piece of code that goes out, uh, you know, it's got two pairs of eyes on it before it's launched. Um, Alec mentioned it earlier. We do pen testing on everything that we launch. And then we have a regular 
yearly or, or, or more frequent um, schedule of testing the most sensitive applications that we build. And um, yeah, I think all of that um, has helped us uh, to kind of you know, build that trust around cloud and around our our, our solutions uh, in the business. Um, specifically, also because you know we're in charge. Um, you know, and if there's an issue, we can prioritize to to the, the fix. Um, and I think being transparent is also key. Um, I think when we first founded, probably when we were first founded, uh, one of our uh, kind of weaknesses, I think, was perhaps being a bit overprotective. Um, whereas in recent years, you know, we've sat down with our IT team and said, guys, come and just have a look at us doing a, a code change and give us feedback. We'll be totally open. Um, and, you know, that gives them a, a real degree of, of confidence as to uh, what we're doing. It's not a kind of uh, a black box of that digital team out there going and doing their own thing. We're, we're, very transparent and we kind of do that whether it's IT or um, even our, our executive team at the airport we've we've actually gone and done a live code change in front of them and and kind of shown them what we do um, and I think that that builds confidence from the rest of the business yeah absolutely I think I think it's a great way to demystify the black magic that people yeah. do in their in their own domains of expertise uh, and I'm sure there's a cloud pun about demystifying the cloud, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to be the one to make it. <laughs> I love the idea of uh, demoing to the execs uh, a code change in that process. Um, yeah, I think a lot of valuable things you called out there, like those best practices that you're also trying to spread through sharing how you're doing things with others uh, is just so important in that the cloud can be incredibly secure but there are places where the defaults are not and you need to be following those best practices to make sure those rights services are enabled, that you've locked things down properly, that you understand that shared responsibility model. So yeah, there's loads of things yeah. that you no longer need to worry about, but there are plenty of things that you're still under your control. Yeah. And that mindset that InfoSec teams uh, historically had, which I'm sure some InfoSec folk will find this <laughs> insulting, but we've come across the defend the perimeter uh, attitude amongst folk who are uh, used to on-prem uh, and that idea of defense in depth is just so foundational to the way that uh, good security is done these days, particularly in the cloud. Another area where cloud can sometimes cause friction is finance. So working with that finance team uh, who are not used to uh, the concepts of cloud billing uh, and the, the costs associated. So how's that been for you? Again, I think we've had a bit, a bit of a journey here um, from a real degree of kind of um, skepticism, uh, moving from a model where you, 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 know, you, you tender a contract and you pay a certain amount per year um, for a box to one where you're using, you're consuming what you need. And in an airport, you know, we're very much, uh, you know, cloud works really well for us because we have a very, very regular pattern of traffic and usage generally. Uh, and then something happens, a crisis happens like a you know the um, the beast from the east or we have weather or we have an airline go bust and we can see traffic go up four thousand percent in an hour and the great thing is we pay nothing or very little and then we you know we pay that amount so from a purely financial point of view you know cloud is extremely efficient for us um, what that means though is that you don't know how much you're going to pay within a month um, that was a bit challenging um, 
at the beginning, we were a bit cheeky and uh, we managed to get a, a P card, a, a sort of pre, uh, a business credit card with a reasonable limit, and we were able to put it on there. Um, not ideal, but I think once we'd established that background drop in cost, then your finance team starts to get behind you. And I think they've, you know, they've been incredibly supportive of, of us recently. Um, I think they now understand. Um, one of the other challenges we had was some of the services that we buy um, to plug in as components into some of our systems. You know, they're dead cheap. They're $10 a month. And our finance team maybe weren't used to kind of how, how do you easily pay for that from a web services company that maybe isn't in the UK. Um, and again, you know, we, we kind of have a, have a sort of a, a, a limit, to a credit limit where we just put those costs on there. So, and the costs are much lower. I mean, they're 80 to 90% lower overall compared to what we were paying because we don't have to run our, our infrastructure to meet our, our peaks. So, Some pretty impressive savings right there. That's uh, good poster poster children for, uh, for the variable spend of the cloud. Very good. I'm, I'm also interested in collaboration, collaboration within your team and with between your team and other parts of the business. Have you found the cloud... Uh, technologies that you're using has has made that easier to collaborate in d- during the pandemic times. I think um, I think certainly our team has always been quite um, quite good at using technology. We've been using Zoom to help people work from from home. Um, you know, all of our systems obviously sit within the cloud. Um, so for us, the, the the switch to remote working was relatively easy. Um, I think like many businesses, um, we, we had a sort of default come into the office, um, you know, be at your desk, have meetings in meeting rooms as a whole, um, but strangely siloed because we had people all over the, the campus. Um, certainly, we've had to adopt um, technology across the business. So Microsoft Teams widely used, um, stuff like Zoom used. Um, and I think in a way, it has helped um, drop some silos. We do things like you know, airport-wide uh, town halls. Um, I think that the challenges, and again, I think this is common to so many businesses, not just, a, you know, a, a digital business or a, a aviation. You know, the challenges is where are we going to end up? Um, and, you know, I hate the, the term, the new normal, an awful term. But, you know, what, where, where will we be in a year's time or three years' time, perhaps when COVID is, is under control and a, a sort of, a, you know, not the big story anymore? Um, and I, I think that's really exciting, actually. I think I think cloud will help us do that, both in terms of collaboration and then in terms of sharing stuff and, and shared platforms uh, across the business. So it sounds like some really interesting set of challenges that you faced and uh, the journey that you've been on to adopt cloud, change the culture within the organization, and that you've landed in a, a really good place with the ability to work in a very agile way to collaborate really well with other parts of the business while also still making the right choices, like that example you gave of the runway project is obviously going to be managed in a completely different way, uh, which makes it sound also like uh, you have a very varied workday. <laughs> so, uh, One of the things that occurs to me is, you know, CloudSoft has gone through... Gone through uh, an exercise in trying to define what our values are, and we consulted with our employees to really dig deep into the the core values around curiosity and trust and respect that that matter to us as a team. Uh, and it sounds like you guys have also thought about promoting excellence, uh, sharing knowledge, and sharing best practices. And it sounds like you also have 
uh, a notion of, of a very similar set of values, um, which sounds sounds like your team would be an interesting place to work. And I realise you're actually growing your team just now. You've you've been busier than ever. You've produced more than ever before, and and you're you're also hiring, which is fantastic news after everything that you know the whole country, the whole world has been going through for the last eighteen months. What kind of roles, just to, as a, as a chance to talk about that to our listeners, what kind of roles are you looking to fill in the short term? So at the moment, um, we need more software engineers um, because we've got a real uh, backlog of interesting and exciting things to to build. Um, we're, we're also hiring an e-commerce lead, so that's someone to look at our our uh, e-commerce products and just really get them working. Um, I think we've we've been through a, a sort of a, a year of building and building and building and delivering, and I think now is the time for a bit of of optimization for someone that's uh, really passionate. Um, someone that, uh, you know, uh, well, they're not going to be overly guided. We're going to let them go away and um, and tell us what they think we need to do and run some A-B tests. So can you tell us more about what it's like working the digital team at Edinburgh Airport? Like what's exciting about the the challenges you face and the work you do and and the way you approach that work? I think the um, the, the, the real excitement comes from working within a digital team, within a wider uh, sort of traditional business. And and that's actually really fascinating. So we've got people like Barrett who come from Google, uh, people from Skyscanner, people like myself um, who've worked in, in, in online gaming. Um, the difference is that you're working in a, an environment where what you do, you can see the physical impact of that. So a really basic example, we developed a new car park pricing system and put the algorithm live and came in two days later and the car park was really full. Um, so that's uh, it's kind of uh, unique, and and you go and you meet people um, all around the business. So one day you might be on an, an airside tour, uh, the next you'll be working with the training people, and the next you'll be down in the baggage hall, um, trying to understand what we could do with baggage hall data. So, so I think that's that's um, you know that's just really interesting in all itself. And I I I left the the industry to go somewhere else and couldn't help but come back when there was a job offer at um, at Edinburgh Airport. Um, I think from my point of view and the culture that I've tried to ingrain in the team, um, there's one of, um, you know, curiosity and, you know, it's absolutely fine to to try stuff and fail. Um, I try to give people space to understand uh, the latest technology um, and also to kind of to stand on their own own two feet, really. So um, we're a relatively small team and we don't have hundreds of people um, and therefore you'll kind of be, people who work for me are kind of exposed to, people around the business, senior people. So, yeah, it's, it's really good fun. And um, that's how we kind of uh, attract people from, tradi- well, I say traditional digital companies, but pure digital companies, I guess, is the, the term. So. Interesting around the, the discussion of values and, and, and what's important to you, not just at the technical level, but in terms of creating a, a fulfilling and, and safe place to work. And Cloudsoft, we've, we've been through a very similar exercise uh, recently, and many of the same values are coming out around psychological safety and failure, uh, uh, safety to experiment and fail is, is how we learn in, in the digital space. And I think that's, that's crucially important that we're not afraid of running experiments that aren't runaway successes. Um, but also, as you say, the, the the natural curiosity of our people to to work on interesting things. I think this this world we inhabit is a is a fascinating place. We're very lucky. Agreed. So I think all that remains for me to do is is to thank you, Alec and Barrett, for for sharing your insights 
uh, telling us what's been going on at Edinburgh Airport and, and for coming on the podcast today. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much for having us. Indeed, thank you. Thanks, it's been great chatting with you.